listening to the Past the Forecast podcast from Wayne 15. Hey there, I'm Adam Salarzik. And I'm Joseph Michael Struess. And we are meteorologists at Wayne 15 in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And uh, yeah, this is the Past the Forecast podcast. We're back, lucky number 13. Starting off on a hot note, drop it in the middle name there. Yeah, how about that? Having fun today. 13. The 13th episode, the 13th day of the month of May, Whoa. coming off of the last dance when Michael Jordan had a 13-game hitting streak to start his minor league baseball career. Number 13's running wild today. That's all I got. I, thought, I was wondering if you had another one in there or that not. Just came, that just came off the top of my head. I don't know. Yeah, well, then they started throwing the curveball. and That's right. Swing and a miss. That's where we are. Past the forecast podcast. Let's roll. Today was absolutely beautiful out this morning. Uh, I have started to get in a routine of Wednesdays getting outside. It's my Friday, getting out, doing some kind of workout, whether it be a run or a walk. And it is. it was really nice and refreshing out this morning. I just wanted to... Hit that note right off the top. Yeah, it's. Uh, I agree with that. Just walking out of the apartment this morning, it was nice to have a day where it was sunny, getting warmer. We're on the upswing now, heading into some warmer weather, but you don't have that moisture content just yet, any of that morning humidity that we'll start to get as we move into the summer months. These are kind of my favorite mornings. These are the mornings where I wish I was on the golf course. It was just a little crisp out there, a little, little, little light sweatshirt on, not too bad. Like I said, no humidity, not even a breeze. Sun was shining. It's just a great way to start off uh, my Friday and your Monday. Uh, so you're starting off the week on a sunny note. Yeah, Mother Nature couldn't really come through for the mothers on Sunday, but it's been okay since then. There's been some relief in the forecast, and a lot of people are pretty excited for what is to come. And let's head in to tracking the topics. Tracking the topics. So before we talk about what's to come, let's talk about what we experienced over the last several days. It was record-breaking cold, especially Saturday morning. Preface that with it was only, what, 11 days ago we hit 80 for the first time this year? Yeah, one weekend, two weekends ago we hit 80. This past weekend, we had record cold. Not only record cold that was, you know, we set the record low for a day. We saw the coldest temperatures ever observed here in Fort Wayne for the month of May. Yeah, we got down to 23 degrees on Saturday morning. The record that morning previously for May 9th was 27. It's never been colder in the month of May than 27 in Fort Wayne. And then just the other morning, we set another record of 29. And actually, the day before we set that record cold, May 8th, late at night before midnight, we set the record low for that day. The cold weather. You are a fan of the cold weather, but I don't think at this point, I don't think you're a fan of it anymore. Once we are in the middle of May, you're done with it. You want it to get out of here. Right, absolutely. I was great with it through winter. Winter was kind of eh. Not great, but then we had that snow system come through halfway through April, and I was ecstatic. It was awesome, but I think we said after that on the podcast, I said, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. That's enough. Enough is enough. Let's move on. We even saw a trace of snow. What morning was it that we saw a trace of snow? Was it Monday morning? I think we saw a trace of snow Monday morning, 
and that was yeah that was may 11th and the latest we've ever seen any kind of snow was may 11th so we tied that so we saw another little push of snow the good news is we've got a nice ridge building actually an upper air pattern that resembles more july like setup uh with the the jet stream the subtropical jet really feeding air up into the northern great plains that northwoods sort of uh, ring of fire almost set up to where we're going to be under the dome of warm air just given where we are seasonally we can't get to those 90s at this point that we may be able to see under this type of upper level ridge that it's going to set up over us but yeah 70s for sure and some 80s in there and i think the forecast while i see where the numbers are i would not be surprised if going forward those numbers as we extend out continue to climb yeah, we have the the big uh, limiting factor that we have this upcoming warm up in terms of uh, we'll, let's say we get back above average starting Thursday, we'll be seeing temperatures continuing to climb into the weekend, even pushing up near eighty degrees in some cases. The limiting factor there, though, is that with the return of this heat, is the return of moisture, and we're going to see scattered rain chances Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we'll be able to see some drier air move in here, a little bit cooler for Monday. And then we'll see the return of that, that heat behind that system that moves through on Sunday. We cool down, and then we warm back up. I asked Sierra Tufts, my co-anchor on the weekend, I said, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the below-average temps with dry weather, maybe sunshine? As we've seen in recent days, while there has been some systems moving through, we've had some days that have been down in the 50s with a lot of sunshine, thinking back to the end of last week. Or would you rather have the warmth, the 70s near 80, but considerable chances for rain and what could be a decent amount of rain by some projections? She said no matter what, she wants the warm temperatures even if there's rain involved. She just is tired of waking up, having to put the heat on in the car. She is a little more sensitive to it than a lot of us, as I found out working with her. And uh, sometimes I go, you had the heat on this morning? It was in the 50s. But uh that's everybody. We're all different, and we'll get to that point pretty soon to where we won't have to do that. Yeah, I'm a fan. Even though we set record cold on Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, well below average, highs in the mid-50s, but we had plenty of sun throughout the day. I really enjoyed that day because it was very similar to today. Overall, we're warmer. We were in the 40s this morning, and we'll be below average still in the 60s for this afternoon, but I enjoyed the crisp, cool air that we had on Saturday, as long as the sun is out, I'm okay with that. Now, you asked me this question in a month when it's June and we're still seeing days in the 50s and 60s, I will be a little bit more hesitant to say I'm a fan of it. But in May, the progressive increase in temperatures, even though we're below average, I am okay with seeing sunshine and those temperatures. I'd rather see sun than a prolonged stretch of rain with warm temperatures because you can't get out and take advantage of it anyway. I just always think back to Little League this time of the year because you start out in April and it's not the greatest weather. You're it's close cold. to Little League playoff time. You've got your, day. yeah, not, not too far off, right? You've got your Under Armour on in April. You've got your, and everyone's trying to find ways to layer up. And then by the time you get to the end of May towards June, the season starts wrapping up. And all of a sudden, it's hot as can be, and it's, I mean, we're talking 80s at times. It's amazing how in just a small stretch of time, we really 
we really kick it into the next gear with the temperature forecasts and, and what really happens. What's going to be interesting from a climatological standpoint is what happens now? How does that impact what happens in June and July? Having a quicker transition now from the, the spring-like field to more of the summer-like temperatures maybe more representative of a normal May, right, or normal end of spring, how does this play with our summer forecast overall? I have to think that this will be a bit anomalous, and we'll see that jet obviously start to slide back down, and we'll be back in play for some active weather before we really really set into a prolonged set of summer warmth later on. I'll say it's nice to look at the Climate Prediction Center's outlook and instead of seeing the core of blue, which signifies uh, favorable below average temperatures, we are now seeing the stretching of that core of red. So we're going to see above average temperatures through basically the end of the month. It's looking like we're still seeing those trends. Now, those trends obviously change because these are pushing projections past where we typically have great trust in the forecast models. Uh, but still, favorable to see that. I am a fan of it. I just want it to be dry as long as it's warm because I'd like to get out and take advantage of it, maybe hit up the golf course. Absolutely. I need to get back out there. I'm, I've been kicking myself lately because it's just... It's tricky times still. Well, that's the thing. You can't, as much as I feel like, all right, I had six hours free on my weekend... You know, I stayed inside and did this versus going out to play golf. I still do feel kind of that hesitancy towards maybe maybe just give it a little more time just for me personally. Um, I'm going to try to play next weekend. I'm going to try to play next weekend, my next weekend, Monday, Tuesday of next week. Hopefully go out to one of the area courses, and I just got the itch. I think everybody has the itch, not just to play golf or do any kind of outdoor sports, but just to get out and do a little bit more. Absolutely. We talked about warmer temperatures. There's also another area that is warming up, becoming a little bit more active. The tropics. Usually we say tracking the tropics. This is tracking the topics. But there's potential for us to have our first named storm in the Atlantic here within the next five days. Arthur. Great TV show, by the way. (laughs) I remember back in the day watching (laughs) what? Do you know was, what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. PBS, you get I back loved home it when I was a kid, school. but I didn't think about it until you just brought it up. I mean, Ar- Arthur will always hold a special place in my heart. Coming home from elementary school, turning on PBS at, what, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and you got Arthur on for like an hour. I don't know how long the show is. I don't remember it in terms of its length, but I remember it had a very important impact on me whenever I was younger. Oh, I, I remember coming home from school very early elementary school age and that was like the first like there would be a series of shows on in PBS Chicago that was you know there, there'd be some I didn't really care for but was like when Arthur came on myself and my sister we were we were locked into it it was a big part of my childhood I remember it's funny you bring it up I'm starting to think about it now yeah it, it, you don't realize now you think about it I remember eating certain snacks with it. I remember my mom making banana bread at times during Arthur being on TV. We had a little TV in the kitchen. It Odd memories that just flash back when you hear a certain name. But Arthur, the potential tropical storm, uh, is projected by the National Hurricane Center within the next five days, has a 70% chance to develop. 
And this, if it does happen, become a named storm, would be the sixth year in a row that we have a quote-unquote preseason hurricane. Hurricane season runs from June 1st to November 30th, so we're about two and a half weeks out from that officially starting. But to see it for six years in a row having a named storm in May uh, is a sign, I think, that the uh, that of course we've seen the data that the the oceans are warming, so I'm sure that has a contributing factor, and that's been the trend to see more and more preseason hurricanes. It you know I I have to believe it's it, it is climatologically influenced as you're saying. Um, I wonder looking back if you look at the last hundred years or whatever, how common of an occurrence is that. You know, I mean, it's how common is it? But number two, why has there ever been groupings like this of a six-year span of an early result? Have you ever seen groupings like this over time? I'm not sure. But it's interesting. I remember two years ago, two years ago, I was in Louisiana, um, and that was Alberto. Alberto formed early right around Memorial Day and actually that one impacted us here in Indiana it actually held its low its tropical low type look as it came up into the Midwest I still got screenshots of I believe it was Alberto it had to be Alberto Uh, it came up into the Midwest and it looked like there was a tropical storm over Indiana it's fantastic that's the only time I went to school we both went to school in the Midwest and a lot of our focus is, while we hit all forms of weather, a lot of our focus is on weather that we're able to experience, and that's where most of our, uh, our experience comes from, is seeing these different weather systems move through here. So we have experience with severe weather, snowstorms, but in terms of tropical, yeah, that is, he just, Joe just showed me an image of that Alberto on radar over top of us here. How about that? That is very similar to a tropical storm look. But a lot of our experience is drawn on what we see typically in our day-to-day here in the Midwest because we see it more often. We also get excited for these tropical weather systems because we're able to see these meteorologists that live in these areas and learn more from them uh, if Arthur does form, it's projected to stay off the coast, not have a major impact, may see some high surf along the Carolinas, but that's it. So that's the good news with that. But it's still interesting to see that we could have uh, another preseason hurricane develop. Yeah, it's always something to keep an eye on. Like we've talked about before, it's not something we feature a lot. Um, obviously, we don't talk about a lot here. But for us as meteorologists, it always is like, all right, let's sit back and watch and, and enjoy the coverage and learn from the coverage. Ultimately, there's a lot of really bright minds out there in the tropical weather department on Twitter who share a lot of really valid information, even when it's not one of the strongest storms, you know, even if this thing isn't a cat three, cat four, cat five out in the Atlantic, you could take a small tropical storm and people are sharing very important information on how the storm will develop and what's influencing it. I find it fascinating. Speaking of fascinating. Oh, boy. This next next thing. 
definitely, I would say it is one of the more obscure things we've talked about, and that is why it is placed in our What the Hail segment. What the hail? What the hail is up with you, Adam, bringing this story into the podcast? So, <laughs> it was just one of those things that you're trying to find content, you're, you always do your research, and space is weather adjacent, right? A lot of people see meteorologists at a TV station as somebody that is supposed to be all-knowing on everything science-related. And so we dabble in some space stuff. I have an interest in space as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. But this story caught my eye while doing research. The European Space Agency said Friday that human urine could one day become a useful ingredient in making concrete to build on the moon. <laughs> I just don't know how I'm supposed to respond to that. From a science perspective, I think that's fascinating. It, You have to assume that you're trying to limit the amount of supplies you're taking up to the moon. Whenever we eventually get back to the moon, you're going to want to limit supplies where you can. And if you don't have to take up stuff to mix concrete and you can use, I think they said they're looking at using materials that are already on the moon, uh, that the moon, the moon surface, the powdery soil found on the moon surface, that's what they're going to be looking to make lunar concrete from. And to find something that has the right viscosity to be able to mix with that powder, you already have stuff that is going to be essentially reused water after it's already out of your system. So just use human urine. I think NASA and the other space agencies, they've been doing something similar with this, with the International Space Station for a while, not making a compound out of it like concrete from I'm my sure. initial understanding. Yeah. But they have had ways of recycling human urine I do think they, for a while, right? Do they? I, I, I'm trying to remember if they've actually used it for their own water source. I can't remember if they've like put it through a filtration system that you can reuse. Maybe. I think that's possible. Yeah, I think that sounds accurate. I mean, I don't think that's be you know, scientific. A filtration system is any way sort to do of it. right. I don't think that's any sort of groundbreaking advances. But to be able to say we're going to use human urine to make lunar concrete to me that's the lunar concrete to me is the more striking statement we're gonna build stuff on the moon eventually one day probably i don't know how elaborate it's going to be but you got to experiment it's that's what strikes me is growing up with a big interest in space and in sixth grade my sixth grade science class we focused a lot on outer space for a big time part of the year and I, you know you learned about everything you learned about the the mercury pro project mercury and the gemini program with nasa and how this all came to be initial humans in space you know first it was the satellites then we put some humans in space then we had the space shuttle program then we had the hubble telescope just to see things out there and we're sending rovers to other planets we went very deep in my sixth grade science class into the the space what is space? You know, space science. And I, I was hooked. For a while, I was like, man, it would be kind of cool to be an astronaut, you know? I think that's a dream that a lot of kids have because I had Space Week 
whenever I was in elementary school okay. where we would go and each day we'd do a different space-related thing. And one day we'd sit there and we'd basically get into this cardboard box that the, the teachers built and made a space shuttle out of. And it would give us the illusion that we were being launched into space. It was really cool. And there were other experiments that we would do to simulate what life in space would be like how stuff becomes weightless underwater which is how nasa astronauts train they go in deep underwater in a giant pool to uh, to practice handling their tools and how they're going to work on certain equipment up there i think it's just a, a fascinating thing and, and a thing to look forward to is we're going to be launching astronauts from u.s soil later on this month there is a scheduled launch but we're partnered with NASA and SpaceX that's going to be happening on May 27th to launch two astronauts, I believe, uh, to the space station. It's fantastic. I mean, I've I got very excited. It must have been earlier this year when NASA put out all of their maybe it was late last year. Their maybe, plan. Yeah, their big plan to go back to the moon and beyond and. It's just fascinating to me. I know it's I know it's a huge part of each nation's financial breakdown, space flight. I, I know it's but for me it's just what's such an interest in the science, you know, some people would, would say maybe it's not necessary. You know, we're we're doing okay here. Is it necessary? But for me I think it's just fantastic to to see the images from Apollo fifty years ago. Well, let's get back there with the better cameras we have now. Could you imagine what that's going to look let's like? Let's FaceTime from the moon. That's, I mean. You're just getting me excited now. It, to <laughs> me, it's very, to me, my opinion personally is it's very interesting. And I'm all for it. As somebody that's studied science, you feel the same way, I'm sure. That it's just, it's cool to explore and see what's out there. It, it, it's it's part of the the spirit of science and experimentation to get out there and discover new things so before we discover completely new things if we eventually want to go to mars and beyond first it would only make sense to first step find a way to launch people from american soil once again which is what we're checking off hopefully later on this month then you can start looking at the moon and then you can start looking at mars and then who knows after that where you'd go. Do you build a USS Enterprise and Star Trek and be able to go hyperspeed across the uh, universe? I mean, I think there's a lot of things <laughs> where you look at what gets me and it really stuns me is you look back at what we did with NASA, what Na we did, what, what the nation did, what NASA did 50 years ago, how you went in 10 years from getting a human in space to getting someone on the moon. Just the the feeling of pride to be an American when you watch the documentaries, to watch, to just to celebrate what a success that was, I always feel a little odd right after those documentaries or those stories or even the little short promos you see on the, uh, the, the website or Facebook when anniversaries comes up. I always get a little odd feeling because what's happened since? And I know there's been great research. The shuttle program was awesome. We we did that. We built a home in space. But for me, it's like we, we did all this, but then we haven't gone back to the moon. And there's just kind of this feeling like, why? I want to know what's there, you know? 
it, I don't it, know. It, it's something to look forward to as people of our our generation that have not experienced seeing man on the moon necessarily to be able to experience that with the technologies we had, like you said, FaceTiming from the moon, who knows if they'd be able to do that or be doing that. I'm sure they'd find a way. Yeah. But to just see the video and the images with the higher quality that we have now, I think would be fascinating. And I just, you know, I think everything that we do, you can look back at the last 50, 60, 70 years of the space program and just salute all those people. You know, what what advances were made, and now we're ready to take this to another level. And for me, it just, it's very exciting. We'll see what happens. We'll see if urine is used to make concrete on the moon first. Let's, oh, boy. Let's see if we can get the uh, astronauts of the space station later on this month. Let's move on to our hits and misses. Hits and misses. So we've already touched on the cold that we had over the weekend, the record cold, and that's one of the misses. That is our biggest miss. I think Nicholas Ferrari, our chief meteorologist, he was talking to me about it yesterday, how he saw dew points on Friday night forecasting into Saturday morning that were only in the mid-20s. They were not forecasting anything as cold as what we got. So that had an impact on the fact that we didn't have that forecasted very well uh, for those high or for those low temperatures dropping down into the low 20s. Yeah, I came in Saturday morning. We were in the upper 20s when I woke up pretty early Saturday morning and came in, and the temperatures just kept falling and falling. Okay, we've tied the record. Okay, we've broken the record. Okay, we're still falling. It was amazing to wake up that morning and see just how low our temperatures had fallen, and, and it's not really to the fault of anybody that the temperatures just kept going and the models weren't able to pick up on it. So that is our miss for this past week. Our hit, I'm going to say, is our precipitation forecast. For Sunday? For Sunday and into the end of this week because yeah, we held. have consistently held at four straight days of rain, intermittent at times, since Saturday night. Yeah, I was particularly happy with how Sunday's thunderstorm forecast panned out. Um, we we were pretty well we were pretty well advertising a line of thunderstorms to come through between one and five o'clock for Sunday afternoon on Mother's Day, and that's indeed what happened. And it was very satisfying to see that happen see that it was a low threat for severe weather, but we did have a few warnings and we had communicated that pretty well. And then like you're saying, it was also nice to be here on Wednesday and still see rain chances for Thursday through Sunday as we had left them on the weekend. And we were working on building up those temperatures and those temperatures are still pretty close to where we had them over the weekend. So, so far the forecast has held for the end of the week. We'll see how that progresses uh, with those rain chances. Maybe we end up a little bit cooler than what we have. Maybe our warm air advection gets us a little bit warmer. Lots of variables in the air, especially with this system that we have moving in for the end of the week. It's the Pass the Forecast Inbox. Our Pass the Forecast Inbox question comes from Sean. You can send these in to Pass the Forecast 
at wayne.com. That's P-A-S-T-T-H-E-F-O-R-E-C-A-S-T at W-A-N-E dot com. Sean wants to know, what is the newsroom dynamic like? We usually have weather questions. This one is more about being in the news industry. What's the newsroom dynamic? I, I think it's a mix of things. When news is coming in and it's time to break news and make sure we're accurately getting stuff out quickly but accurately, it's intense. It's kind of like mission control. If you want to call NASA, you've got your assignments director, your assignments manager handling some stuff. You've got the web people. You've got the producers. You've got the reporters. We're just the meteorologists who are sometimes just observing the organized chaos that it can become. But when it's not like that, it's like any other office, and I think we have a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, there's really nothing like a newsroom when there's breaking news. It is the adrenaline rush of even a meteorologist that's sitting on the sidelines. We jump up and say, what do you need us to do? Is there any video we can cut? Is there anybody we need to call to try and get information? Do we need to be in contact with the reporter that is going out to the scene? It, it, it's a, a dynamic that immediately, and probably my favorite part, of being in a newsroom is the teamwork aspect that everybody just jumps in to help and tries to figure out what they can do to help get this breaking news on the air. Yeah, it's it's fun though. And you talk about you talk about the newsroom like maybe it's just like a normal office. I mean, if you watch First News Weekend, Sierra Tufts and I professionally give it back and forth to each other a little bit. Take that, make it a little more relaxed. And myself, Adam Sierra our other coworkers here, we're always just having fun with each other and trying to keep it loose. It's very much a family atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. As I assume most offices are, you kind of become bonded. Our bonding experiences usually come from those stressful situations of breaking news. And once that happens, then you guys are all kind of bonded uh, for the entirety of your time here. If not for your life, you'll always reflect back on a certain breaking news situation. But does everybody always get along? No, but absolutely not. There is respect there uh, between everybody that we're all just trying to do our job. And if there's a misunderstanding, it gets squashed out and we're right back to being friends and on the same page. Even if it takes being squashed out, we don't even need that sometimes. Sometimes it's just if Joe and I get irritated with each other, we'll be like, hey, happens a lot. We'll hang out later. (laughs) We'll hit up the golf course. It does not happen a lot. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a family dynamic, like you're saying. <laughs> Do you get along with every family member all the time? No. no. You get frustrated with certain people? Yes. My sister, Sarah, knows that I have been frustrated with her. She's been frustrated with me throughout our life together, you know? I mean, that's just what it is. So, But the newsroom's a neat place because, like, other than, you know, maybe if you had a normal just sales office or something or a uh, marketing office, maybe just as more of a standard cubicle type office format we hear something come through the scanner it's all hands on deck that's the difference that's the difference you 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 have that same camaraderie that you would have in a normal office setting yet we have an extra level that it can go to yeah so always teamwork and that's one of my favorite things about being here i'm sure that's in other office settings but teamwork is key here in the newsroom and it's always fun regardless And sometimes it's stressful, but at the end of the day, you look back, you're like, that was a good day at work. So that 
is what the newsroom dynamic is like. Sean, thank you for sending that in. Thanks for listening as well. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating if you haven't done so already. Tell your friends about us. Send us questions. Send us comments. We're always looking for feedback. What you got going the rest of the week? I am just going to be relaxing. There you go. That's pretty much it. It's my Friday. I'm working, but I'll probably try to relax a little bit and uh, continue to look forward to next week when hopefully I'm getting back on the golf course again. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Might be a little damp out there on Monday and Tuesday after uh, after rain, possibly for the next four days. Yeah. Greens will be a little bit slower. Uh, not as much roll on the fairways. So, But it will stick on the greens, so it just aim for the, the pin. That's what, that's what we need. But <laughs> the problem is getting the ball even in the vicinity of the green that on your second, sometimes third, sometimes even fourth or fifth shot can be challenging. (laughs) And that's why golf is great. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time as we try to be 48% right about the weather this week. We'll see you. This has been Pass the Forecast Podcast from Wayne 15.